Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. We are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. Breast augmentation continues to be one of the most popular cosmetic surgeries performed in the U.S. We have joining us Dr. Todd Rao, a renowned board-certified plastic and general surgeon from Redlands, California. Dr. Rao completed his general surgery residency at St. Agnes and John Hopkins Hospitals and his plastic surgery residency at Pennsylvania State University Hershey Medical Center. Dr. Rao has received multiple awards recognized for his clinical and patient relationship skills. Hey, I'm Amy and we are live in the studio today with Dr. Rao who's going to tell us a little bit about breast augmentation. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. All right, so let's get into some questions here about breast augmentation and first and foremost, what is breast augmentation surgery? Breast augmentation surgery involves uh, utilizing breast implants mm -hmm. and uh, placing those underneath the breast to enhance the breasts in all dimensions. So the patient uh, would expect fuller breasts and be able to uh, wear larger bras and different clothing that they haven't been able to wear, mm -hmm. helping with uh, their self-confidence. Okay. Who would be an ideal candidate for this or a good candidate? Well, certainly with all surgeries, a good candidate is somebody that's healthy, both mentally and physically, and uh, somebody that suits the role, which would be uh, smaller to moderate size breast individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly women, however, we have, uh, there's a male population of the transgender that also is taking off too. And um, we have some larger breasted women that are requiring breast lifts and they want more upper breast fullness. So that would be another candidate to put an implant in to create and redesign that breast to the way they want. Okay, who might not be the best candidate for this? Smokers, uh, poorly controlled diabetics, mm -hmm. uh, patients that aren't mentally or physically uh, uh, ready for it, um, whether it may be their heart or other issues. Mm -hmm. Okay. And somebody that already has very large breasts, and it wouldn't be a, a reasonable candidate. And the list could go on and on with people with very thin skin and uh, other scenarios. Okay. All right. What should a patient look for when they're seeking out their plastic surgeon? Uh, certainly, you want to look for somebody that's board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Mm -hmm. um, you want somebody that's been in practice, preferably for a number of years, so they have the skill level and the knowledge to uh, treat a variety of patients and possible, uh, if it happens, complications. Um, that would be the number one factors I would look at. Okay. Are there specific questions that the patient should ask during their initial consultation? Absolutely. I would, uh, first of all, ask or inquire about whether your surgeon is board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. I would want to know if uh, the facilities that they operate are also fully credentialed, accredited facilities. Mm -hmm. um, for the patient themselves, I would ask if I'm a good candidate for the procedure. And I would want to know if the surgeon does the procedures frequently and feels confident with the procedure. Okay. Typically, how much does breast augmentation cost? 
Uh, that can range by time being one factor, the choice of implants, mm -hmm. and whether any other, other additional procedures are needed, such as a breast lift. But the general range could run as low as 4500 during a good discount period, up to uh, well over $6,000. Okay. If someone wants this procedure and maybe they don't have that kind of money laying around, um, what financial options are available? Well, the options... Uh, well, you say if they don't have the money laying around, so if they don't have the <laughs> cash and they don't have the means to uh, write a check, mm -hmm. certainly financing is a key way. We have a financing company that we utilize, Care Credit. Okay. They have a variety of financing options. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most popular is the 12-month uh, uh, no interest. Okay. And then for patients that are able to get some money but just slowly uh, pay off, we have a cosmetic account, as we call it, where they can come in and whatever their time frame is and pay the account down over time until it's completely paid off and okay. then ready to move forward. What type of breast implants are available and what determines which type is more appropriate per patient? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the two major implant styles are the silicone or silicone gel implants and the saline implants. Mm -hmm. um, one major factor is patient choice. Um, for me as a surgeon looking at the patient, somebody that may be very thin-skinned very thin muscle, trying to reduce the risk of uh, rippling and wrinkling. Um, I'd want to go with a gel, silicone gel implant that would reduce that risk. Maybe somebody wants a lot more volume, a lot more robust upper breast fullness as mm -hmm. much as they can maximize. Um, I would go with the saline implant and fill that up to an appropriate volume. Um, there's a tremendous number of other factors. We do have uh, teardrop-shaped implants. So somebody that's looking for the most natural appearance, um, that would be a, an optimal choice. Okay, interesting. What are some of the risks and complications that are associated with breast augmentation? Well, the number one risk would be something called capsular contraction. That's bad internal scarring around the implant. Um, I have techniques to uh, minimize that. And then number two would be implant failure. As uh, you know, 15, 20 plus years goes by, the implant is going to wear and eventually fail, just like orthopedic hips and knee replacements in due time would need to be replaced. Outside of that, you end up with your typical uh, possible complications that can occur with any surgery, and that would be uh, poor scarring, infection, poor wound healing, excessive bleeding, and uh, that would be the most common uh, possibilities. Okay. You mentioned um, an amount of time. How long do these typically last, each one? Now we're still studying that. Okay. So that's one, uh, we don't have an answer, but I, I can tell you that around 10% of each style of implant fails in 10 years' time. Okay. Beyond that, uh, we don't have a, a value at this point saying where 50% of the implants have failed. I would estimate with my experience and seeing my patients uh, you're going to be looking between 15 and 20 years with whatever style of implant between the silicone gel or the saline before about 50% would fail. Okay. But I've seen implants last uh, well in the 20 to 30 year range too. Good to know. Is there anything that a patient can do at home to kind of prepare themselves for the surgery? Well, a, a good diet, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing as much exercise as you can for your own needs mm -hmm. and being your, uh, getting yourself mentally and physically prepared for the surgery as much as possible. Um, being prepared for after the surgery as far as uh, having uh, family members there right. or friends to help with you and uh, having your food and all your uh, belongings and possessions all prepared and ready for after the surgery. Okay, so tell us how the procedure is performed. 
starting with the anesthesia? Sure. Uh, breast augmentation, uh, I prefer to do it under general anesthesia. Okay. So the patient's completely put to sleep in a credentialed surgery center. And after everything is sterilely washed and prepared, a, you have three options of incisions. The most popular is an inframammary incision, which is on the under breast fold. Mm -hmm. uh, second would be a, a periarelar incision, which is on the outer edge of the areola. And the last would be an armpit incision, an axillary incision. Um, once we would have chose that in advance, uh, the, the incisions made, uh, then I have a choice about whether I go under the muscle, which would be the pectoralis major muscle, mm -hmm. or whether we go on top. Going under the muscle is the preferred technique, certainly this century, because of the risk of uh, reducing uh, capsular contractures and hiding the implant better. Mm -hmm. So generally we go under the muscle nowadays and then uh, choosing which style of implant, whether it be the saline or silicone, placing the implant under the muscle, which is under the breast, and sitting the patient up, evaluating the patient to determine good symmetry, good placement of the implants. And uh, once that's all completely taken care of, then uh, closing the incisions, which is done in multiple layers as a deep closure, oh. and then there's uh, multi-layer skin closures. All the incisions and suture is all uh, buried under the skin, so okay. uh, there's uh, no exposed suture, and the stitch all dissolves. Okay. So every surgery has risks, right? But with breast augmentation, what is the percentage of that? Uh, the percentage would vary depending on like which study you would read. Um, I would look at myself and what my percentage would be. And with a straightforward breast augmentation, it's going to be less than 5% okay. for a complication. Okay. What is the difference between a breast augmentation versus a breast lift? Uh, breast augmentation, it would involve enlarging the breast, utilizing typically a breast implant. And a breast lift is actually rearranging the breast tissue, elevating the nipple and areola, mm -hmm. removing excess lower hanging breast tissue. Okay. So it's redesigning the breast into a more youthful appearance. They can be combined, obviously, with uh, enhancing the breast and lifting the breast, which is uh, a very common uh, procedure that I do. So what percentage of the time people come in for breast augmentation and end up getting maybe both breast augmentation and breast lift? Well, that would range in uh, anywhere from about 25 to 40%. Wow. Yeah, and some of these patients obviously know in advance that they mm -hmm. require a breast lift and they'll right. come in and mention this. Some are unaware and they think that just the augmentation would uh, treat the breast and make everything look normal again. And I have to inform them, hey, you're gonna require a breast lift and we go over the options and uh, they're all for it and we get them taken care of. What can the patient then expect during recovery? Well, after the surgery, uh, you know, the pain and uh, muscle uh, spasms are controlled with pain medication and muscle relaxers. So patients tend to do very well with this. Um, you're gonna have a, uh, initially a very tight chest as that muscle and the, the breast skin is getting adjusted to the implant. Mm -hmm. And as the uh, days and weeks go by, that relaxes. Um, you know, the typical bruising and some swelling afterwards. And then uh, generally it takes about a week, five to seven days to get the patient back to work, uh, to get them back to um, exercise, where it's unrestricted exercise would be six weeks. Okay, six weeks. What can a patient do if they're just not happy with the results? Well, number one, you got to talk with your plastic surgeon, mm -hmm. discuss what you're unhappy about, and the plastic surgeon, uh, number one, they want the patient happy. So whatever that can take, 
And then at that point, once we determine what they're dissatisfied about, to see what we can do to work with it. I always uh, recommend, and I'm sure my colleagues would recommend, waiting a minimum of six months to let everything settle in, see the final results, and then make determinations if uh, there's something that could be changed, such as a larger implant or whether the patient would require a breast lift in addition. Gotcha. Okay, so what can the patient expect to experience um, in recovery, but as time goes on? Well, in the recovery process, um, I would say that you're not going to be uh, driving, you're not going to be going out and doing activities outside right. the house much uh, for the first couple days. After that, uh, it would be fine for somebody else to drive you around to go out and do some easy walking at the local mall or mm -hmm. something of that nature. Um, by a week's time, uh, generally patients are back driving and back to work actually at that time. Wow. And do they tend to settle more as time goes on or Absolutely. is it pretty quick? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's variable, uh, mm -hmm. but most patients uh, initially the implants are uh, firm and high because of the amount of tension on the uh, chest. Right. And as uh, a week or so goes by, uh, the tissue begins to relax and uh, the uh, implant settles in a better position and the result starts looking better. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Sure, thank you. Absolutely. We learned a lot about breast augmentation from one of the country's leading board-certified plastic surgeons. If you're considering breast augmentation surgery, we hope we've provided the information you need to decide if you want to take the next step and schedule a consultation. Remember, Care Credit is a leading national healthcare credit card that can enable you to get many of the surgeries, procedures, and treatments you want now and pay over time with everyday promotional financing on purchases of $200 or more. Care Credit can also be used to pay for co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, and your health and wellness needs. Care Credit is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide to pay for care whenever you need and want it. If you are interested in applying for a Care Credit credit card or would like to find a provider in your area who accepts Care Credit, visit us at carecredit.com. And if you found this information valuable, please leave us a five-star review on the App Store and a thumbs up and share it with a friend. I'm Amy Freina with Care Credit, and I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. Through October 31st, 2022, earn an entry for your chance to win $2,000 in the Let's Get Digital Sweepstakes. Enter the secret word implant in the Sweepstakes Hub to earn one entry now. Head over to the Sweepstakes Hub by simply visiting carecredit.com forward slash let's get digital. No purchase necessary. A purchase will not increase your chances of winning. Legal residents of the 50 United States and U.S. territories, including D.C., 18 years of age or older, who have a CareCredit credit card as of 9-6-2022. Void where prohibited. Promotion starts 9-7-2022 and ends 10-31-2022. Sweepstakes prizes are awarded in the form of a check. For official rules, including odds, free method of entry, and prize descriptions, visit carecredit.com forward slash let's get digital. Sponsor Synchrony Bank, 170 Election Road, Draper, Utah, 84020. Purchases with the Care Credit credit card are subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See carecredit.com for details. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual medical providers with respect to the information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for any loss or harm arising from the use of the information provided. Your participation in this presentation constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.